Today's episode of A New Beginning is brought to you by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn more at harvest.org. And while you're there, browse our library of free ebooks designed to help you grow in your faith. I think some people think heaven's going to be a long worship service. Coming up, Pastor Greg Laurie points out what we'll be doing in heaven influenced by the gratitude and praise that spring up from within us. There will be singing in heaven, and I think one of the reasons for the unbridled worship in heaven is because now we know all things, all of our questions are answered, all of our pain is removed, all of our tears are dry. Okay, and it's going to be amazing. This is the Sometimes we just can't hold back the joy when our favorite sports team wins the big game, when our young child takes his first steps, when you hear the words, you may kiss your bride. Well, when we get to heaven, we just may not be able to hold ourselves back from worship. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us see what we'll be doing in heaven and what things will be different from this life and what things will largely be the same. Is good insight from the series on the afterlife. Let's answer some often asked questions about the afterlife. Number one, what will our new bodies be like in heaven? Number two, will we know each other in heaven? Number three, will we be married in heaven? Number four, what will we do in heaven? And fifth and lastly, and this is often asked, do people in heaven know what's going on with us on earth? All right? So let's go question by question. And by the way, in our last message, we discovered, of course, heaven is an actual place, not a state of mind. It's a real place. Jesus said in John 14, I've gone to prepare a place for you. Uh, Jesus tells us, and the rest of the Bible tells us, heaven is a city. Heaven is a country. Heaven is a paradise. Whatever you've experienced on this earth, the best of the best of the best doesn't even come close to the glory of heaven. Why? Because earth at its best is a pale imitation of the real thing which is heaven. Heaven is not a watered down version of earth. It's kind of the other way around. And so whatever you uh, are thinking it's going to be far better than you ever imagined. All right, so what about these new bodies the Bible talks about? What will they be like? Short answer, amazing. You will be given a new body, but it will still be you. It'll just be the radically upgraded version of you. Okay, here's what the Bible says. First Corinthians 15. Our bodies now disappoint us. But when they are raised, they'll be full of glory. They're weak now, but when they're raised, they'll be full of power. They're natural bodies now, but when they're raised, they'll be spiritual bodies. So listen to this. Our new bodies that God will give to us later will be both different and at the same time, the same as our body here. By that I mean, you are still you, as I've already said, but 
again, a radically upgraded version of you. Okay, so Jesus says in John 14, in my Father's house are many mansions, or dwelling places, if it were not so I would have told you. If I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. So what is this mansion referring to in John 14? Couple of options. Uh, one, it may be our new body that God will give to us. Second Corinthians 5, 1 in New Living Translation says, when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we have a home in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God Himself. We'll put on the new body like new clothes. Okay, so it could be a description of our new body, but it could be a house. I mean literally a house in heaven. Why not? The idea is that it's a real place waiting for you. What it is exactly, I don't know. But it's gonna be amazing. We know that. And you know, I'll tell you what, the, the thing is, is with life, as you get older, it seems like it goes more quickly. But here's the good news. Though your body is wearing out like a tent, which is not meant to last forever, God's gonna resurrect it. And your soul will live forever. And your body will be resurrected. So now when we're in heaven, will we know each other in heaven? Hmm. Do you think you're going to be more stupid in heaven than you are on earth? <laughs> Maybe I should ask the question, well, do you know each other on earth? Well, then you're going to, of course, know each other in heaven. So I think when you get to heaven, yes, we'll see each other. Yes, we'll know one another. We're told in 1 Corinthians 13, we will know as we are known. We'll know everything we know on earth except more. We'll know everything we know on earth but with divine perspective now. Sometimes people have this mistaken notion that when you get to heaven you have some kind of a brain wipe. It's almost like heaven's a giant lobotomy or something. No, I want to know. There's memories of earth and heaven. Oh, well, that can't be true, Greg, because we would be sorrowful. Well, you have perspective. See, I understand things now. How can I be rewarded for something I did on earth if there's not a memory of what I did on earth? So you're going to remember earthly things, but now with perspective. There's no break in my love for my loved ones. Death breaks ties on earth, but renews them in heaven. We're the same people we were here. Now here's one that sometimes asks, will we be married in heaven? Interesting question. All right, first of all, let's take a quick poll. How many of you are married? Raise your hand up, okay? How many of you want to be married in heaven? You want to continue to be married in heaven? How many of you would rather not be married in heaven? I, there's a few hands going up. And some of you are not totally committed in that other question. Kelly, well, my wife's next to me, I do. <laughs> Liars. No. Okay, you will be married in heaven. Now let me return to that and I'll explain it in a moment. You will be married in heaven. Okay, so one day a group of people called the Sadducees came to Jesus. Now the Sadducees were different than the Pharisees. The Sadducees did not believe in life beyond the grave. The Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection of the body. The Sadducees had a pretty bleak outlook. In fact, their name said it all. Sad. You see? Right? Because that's a sad way to see life. 
So they thought they were going to trap Jesus with a question. Okay, Jesus, we have a question for you. There's this woman who was married and her husband died. And then she married the guy's brother and he died. Then she married another brother and he died and went out seven times in the resurrection. Whose wife is she? I would have asked, what is this woman cooking and feeding these men? What's going on? The point of that is they, they thought, you know, oh, if you're going to be together in the afterlife, who's going to be married to this person? And now Jesus sets a record straight and he says in Matthew 22, you're mistaken not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. In the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage. You're like the angels of God in heaven. So they neither marry or are given in marriage. Okay, so let's say you have a really close marriage and you can't bear the thought of not being married to your spouse anymore. Well, in heaven you will not have the same kind of relationship, but it will be better. It'll be stronger. You will be closer, but you will not marry or be given in marriage in heaven, but you'll have the fully realized version of everything that marriage points to. So you say, well, you're contradicting yourself. You just told me we won't be married in heaven, but earlier you said we will be married in heaven. You will be married in heaven, not to each other. You're the bride married to Jesus Christ, who's the bridegroom. So you are married in heaven. Of all the things God could have chosen to show His love for the church and the church's love for Him, God chose marriage. And of all the witnesses God could have chosen to a lost world, He chose marriage, effectively saying, hey, non-believers, check this out. See how this Christian husband loves his wife? That's how I love my church. Hey, check this out. You see how this wife loves her husband? That's how my church loves me. So marriage is a beautiful symbol that will be fully realized in heaven. It'll be different than it is now, but trust me, it will be better. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. So many listeners have commented on the help they receive from these daily messages. God's Word ministers to them, and it often gets them through some of their darkest hours. Pastor Greg, prior to last year, my physical body was a mess. After many different medical procedures, they transferred me to an assisted living facility. There, I shared a room with a very crabby woman who would yell at me for having my radio too loud or my light on. She claimed that she was a Christian, but was a very bitter person because of a tragic event that had happened to her son. Well, Greg, I was determined that I was going to hear your radio program, A New Beginning, even if I had to lay on top of my radio. And surprisingly, one morning, my roommate asked me to actually turn my radio up. She said to me, I like that minister and what he's saying. I not only was able to show her that Jesus did exist, but I gave her one of your New Believers Bibles. Yes, God still works miracles. As for me, I'm home now and independent. My health is improving and I'm much stronger. God is my hope and it's a joy to be alive. Thank you so much, Pastor Greg, for letting me share my story. We're so grateful to hear of the changed lives through Harvest Ministries. And if you have a story to tell of how these studies have touched your life or that of a family member, I hope you'll contact us today. Drop Pastor Greg an email, greg at harvest.org. Again, that's greg at harvest.org. 
Well, today, Pastor Greg is presenting the answers to five common questions people ask about heaven, all centered on how different life will be there than it is here. Number four, what will we do in heaven? I think some people think heaven's gonna be super boring. Well, we know we will be worshiping, and that's, of course, why I exist, to bring glory to God. But uh, Revelation 15 says, I saw a glass sea mixed with fire, and there stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast, that would be the Antichrist, and his image, and the number representing his name. They were holding harps, so there are harps in heaven, that God had given them, and they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So there will be singing in heaven. And I think one of the reasons for the unbridled worship in heaven is because now we know all things. All of our questions are answered. All of our pain is removed. All of our tears are dry. Don't misunderstand. This doesn't mean heaven's gonna be a long worship service. Because oh, it's gonna be like a church service forever. No, you're gonna do other stuff, okay? But you're gonna be doing a lot of worshiping, okay? And it's gonna be amazing. But here's something else you're gonna do in heaven. I guarantee this. You're gonna be eating amazing food in heaven. Come on, you want that, don't you? Say, well, where do you get that? From the Bible, the only authoritative source on heaven. Revelation 19, 19, then the angel said, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper. That's a reminder, we're the bride of Christ. The wedding supper of the Lamb. These are the two words of God. I like the word supper. In the South they call dinner supper. And I was raised by my grandparents for many years of my life. Stella and Charles McDaniel. I called my grandmother Mama Stella. And I called my grandfather Daddy Charles. And then when my mom was running around with all of her guys and getting divorced and getting drunk and all that crazy stuff, she sent me to live with my grandparents. And so there with them, it was a very stable home. Uh, it was almost like being raised from someone from another century, actually. Uh, my grandfather was quite a strict disciplinarian, I have to say. And, but my grandmother was an amazing cook. She made everything from scratch. She never served leftovers one time in her life. And we had all that good Southern cooking. And if you know the Southern cooking, you know, fried chicken, that was just incredible. Uh, Black-eyed peas, uh, okra, collard greens. You ever try those before? Now these are the things my grandmother would make. But her crowning achievement was her biscuit. I've never had a biscuit anywhere like at this like if a biscuit could be literally anointed by God. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was like so insane. It was a buttermilk biscuit. And when my grandmother was getting older, I said to my wife, Kathy, watch Mama Stella make the biscuit. Learn the secret of the biscuit. <laughs> Grasshopper, you must learn it. <laughs> and she, you know, she did a pretty good job reproducing them, but no one could quite produce the biscuit that my grandmother, Mama Stella, made. And I just think, you know, when we get to heaven, I'm hoping to get some of those biscuits again. I'm gonna find Mama Stella, but some of you don't, you know, connect to Southern cooking. You're into Mexican food, okay? So, so you're thinking enchiladas and tacos and all those things. And then others are going, no, 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 it's Italian food, Italian food. No, it's, you know, the pasta and the pizza. I had pizza today. Here's my problem, I love all those foods. Everything I love is fattening. I don't love anything that's not fattening. I don't love kale salad. 
Uh, I don't even know what the point of eating salad is. To me, eating salad is like practice. It's just like, okay, I can chew and swallow. Good. You know, someone says, I had a nice salad for lunch. I'm like, what? It's just nothing. It's just lettuce and stuff, you know. But whatever it is that rings your bell, good chance it'll be in heaven. And if it isn't there, there'll be something better there. I'm into sushi. Okay, sushi then. Whatever you like, it's going to be better than what you could ever dream of. And not only will you have that meal, but you'll be with people. The whole thing about having a nice meal is having it with someone you like to be with, right? Being with friends and family, enjoying a meal together. Well, check this out. You're going to have some pretty amazing company. Matthew 8, 11 says, And that day comes, you will take your place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. How's that for starters? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to have a meal with. You can sit down at a table with Moses. Moses, could you pass the manna? <laughs> Elijah, my meat's a little undercooked. Could you give it a little more fire? Lot, could you pass the salt? Oh, Lot, you're so sensitive. Get over it. You made it to heaven. Come on, man. You have to know the Bible to get these jokes, okay? These are insider Bible jokes. But uh, one of the things that, that I've enjoyed over the years is getting to meet a lot of wonderful men and women of God. And whenever I'm around older people who've known the Lord uh, for many years, I, I, I pick their brains. You know, I've gotten to know people like Chuck Swindoll, David Jeremiah, Dr. Dobson, Alan Redpath, and of course Billy Graham. I think I drove Billy Graham insane with all of my questions. Because whenever I was with him, I wanted to know everything about everyone. And because he was like Mr. History. You know, he, he knew all these people I've read about. He knew Golda Meir, the Prime Minister of Israel. He, he knew Muhammad Ali came over to his house for lunch. Uh, he knew every president going back to Truman. He, Bono from U2 came and visited him and read poetry to his wife Ruth. And his wife Ruth was as amazing as Billy was. Uh, she was just a, just a wealth of Bible knowledge and it was so wonderful to be with them. He knew C.S. Lewis. I mean I quote C.S. Lewis. He met C.S. Lewis for Pete's sake. Uh, it's just amazing the people he knew. So I mean thinking of that, think about meeting people of the Bible. Asking David, what was it like to slay Goliath? You know, Noah, so how did that work being in that ark all that time? Or, or Moses, when you parted the Red Sea, give me some details about it. Esther, what was it like to save the entire Jewish race? Deborah, what was it like to lead all those people into battle? Hey, Mary, Mary, what was it like to carry Jesus in your womb and later have him in your heart? You know, I mean, don't you want to ask those questions? I do. Because when I'm around godly people, I want details. I want information. I want to learn from them. And you'll have access to all these great men and women of God from the Bible who've gone before us to meet the Lord. And, uh, but of course, it's being reunited with loved ones that we miss. How many of you have someone that was very close to you who has gone to heaven. Right now you have someone in, that's pretty much everybody. So you think about those people, don't you? And you think about being with them. Because one of the hardest things about death is communication is cut off immediately. 
And you want to communicate with them. And it's so hard when you can't. And sometimes people want to try to talk to their loved ones and they'll go to mediums who will tell them, I'm getting messages from your loved one right now and just understand that is never real. It's either not real or it's demonic. But that you don't want to go there. You don't want to ever try to communicate with your loved ones in heaven. And I'll hear people say, well, I sense my loved one who died is with me and they spoke to me the other day. Can I be blunt with you? No, they didn't. They didn't speak to you. They're not guiding you and they're not involved in your life right now. They aren't, okay? I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you they were. I wish I could tell you that they're uh, you know, helping you right now. No, they aren't. They're in the other side. As David said of his son who died, he cannot come to me, but I will go to him. So they're not talking to you. They're not coming to you, but one day you will go to them. You will be reunited with them if they died in faith. Biblical Truth Today on Matters of Eternity from Pastor Greg Laurie. The only information we can count on about the hereafter comes from the Lord Himself. And Pastor Greg will have more insight as he continues this message here on A New Beginning. You know, Pastor Greg, some people are major league worriers and minor league prayers. Yeah. And they just don't know how to change leagues. <laughs> But you have a book that discusses the basics of prayer, along with several other subjects. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, they do. It's called The New Believer's Guide to Effective Christian Living. Listen, worry affects all of us. Some worry more than others. Reminds me of a story of a guy who had a real problem with worry, always worrying. And one day, one of his friends saw him and said, man, you seem to be really chill. You're relaxed. You're not worrying like you used to. He goes, oh, yeah, I don't worry at all anymore. His friend said, really? How's that even possible? He said, I hired someone to worry for me. His friend asked, how much do you pay a guy like that? He says, I pay him $15,000 a week. His friend said, you don't make that kind of money. How do you afford to pay him? He said, hey, that's for him to worry about. (laughs) Some of our listeners have heard that one before, right? But here's the thing. The Bible's very clear on this topic. It says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, and the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I encourage people, turn your worries into worship. Turn your panic into prayer. So the next time you're tempted to worry, just immediately transform that into a petition to heaven and say, Lord, This is bothering me right now. I'm burdened by this, but you told me to cast all my care upon you for you care for me. So here it is, Lord. So Dave, I talk about this a lot more in this book that we want to offer our listeners called The New Believer's Guide to Effective Christian Living. I also talk about how to resist temptation, how to know the will of God, how to pray. We already touched on that for just a moment Uh, and so much more. And I'd love to send you this little book, The New Believer's Guide to Effective Christian Living, for your gift of any size. Now, whatever you send, we'll send you one of these books. Some can give more, and we thank you for that. Some can only give a little, and we want to make sure you get this resource. But whatever you give will be used to continue to expand this radio outreach that is heard literally around the world. So order your copy of The New Believer's Guide to Effective 
Christian living. Dave, tell them how to do it exactly. Yeah, it's easy to do. Just give us a call at 1-800-821-3300. You can reach us anytime, 24 hours a day, and we'll walk you through the details right over the phone. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or write us, if you'd like, at a new beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or just go online to harvest.org. And once again, the title is The New Believer's Guide to Effective Christian Living. I don't know if you know about this, but we have a weekend service called Harvest at Home, exclusively for people that are tuning in literally from around the world. Listen to this. We even have harvest groups where you can get into a small group with folks from all around this planet of ours and study the Word of God. So join us this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, for Harvest at Home at harvest.org. Well, next time, Pastor Greg helps us sharpen our focus on eternity as he continues his series focusing on what the Bible says about heaven and the afterlife. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher Greg Laurie. The preceding podcast was made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn how to become a Harvest Partner, sign up for daily devotions, and find resources to help you grow in your faith at Harvest.org.